Hello, this is Cuppy Cup with We've Never Been Clicked, formerly 98% Aggie. This is episode number six, I believe. And today I'm very happy to be joined by Vinny Ronka with PFF Pro Football Focus. Vinny, how are you tonight? I'm sure that I pronounced your last name incorrectly. No, you got it. You nailed it. Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. We renamed the show just for you. I appreciate that. Went in a more self-deprecating direction, which we we felt was was more on brand. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. We haven't talked too much Aggie football on the on the podcast yet, so I'm I'm pretty excited to have you on so that so that we can kind of dig into the nitty gritty, look through the depth chart a little bit, and and try to figure out what this Aggie football team is going to look like in 2016. Uh, do you have a preference for whether we start on offense or defense? Your choice, either one. All right. Well, since I don't get that deep into college football, I'll go with the obvious choice and start with quarterback. Uh, how secure is Trevor Knight's job going into 2016? Yeah, I think uh, from everything we've heard coming out of you know spring ball and everything, he's locked up the starting job going into the year, obviously. And you know, I don't think he's a too big of a threat to lose it during the season. You know, he's upperclassman. I think the first one someone's had at quarterback during his time at A&M. And so I think just the fact that he's bringing that leadership and experience to the locker room, which has been sorely missed at A&M the last few years, goes a long way towards securing his job. And, and he's shown in the past, you know, everyone points to that game against Alabama where he beat them in the Sugar Bowl, I believe it was. So he has the ability, you know, it's been over a year now since he's played, his last full season was in 2014, and he performed fairly well. He had 14 touchdowns, 12 picks, 78.1 NFL rating, so not bad. Um, but I think he has what this team needs for that position. You know, we're so deep at wide receiver, um, a lot of talent at running back as well. So I don't think he has to, you know, play out of this world or anything. So if he's just his job and I think he'll secure that position for the year. We kind of took the long way around to get a quarterback who was an upperclassman with some leadership qualities, but hopefully that's what we'll, what we'll experience this season. Can you talk a little bit more about the skill position players? You mentioned the depth at wide receiver. Um, I think someone on Twitter asked if we're going to get anything out of speedy Noyle this year. Yeah. So wide receiver, Definitely one of our deepest position groups. And I would say probably the deepest wide receiver core in the SEC. Um, definitely. Um, Speedy. Speedy's a tough one. You know, didn't get much out of him last year. Uh, we look back to 2014, his freshman year, and he had a great season. He was uh, PFF's fourth highest graded freshman wide receiver that year. So, you know, a lot of hype going into last year for him. Yep. Um, I think we all thought he was going to perform. and have another great year, but, you know, between suspensions and injuries, he just really couldn't get out of his own way. And he, when he was on the field, he wasn't even the same speedy as the year before, you know, that was a little frustrating to see for the offense. Cause he has such big playmaking ability and it's definitely something the offense could have used last season. So I think if healthy though, we can definitely expect the same kind of production that he had in 2014. It's just a matter of, staying on the field and, you know, avoiding suspension and injury at this point. For sure. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get something out of speedy. It's, it seems like Christian Kirk and Ricky Seals Jones are probably known commodities at this point. Is that safe to assume? Yeah, without a doubt. 
you know, Christian Kirk just exploded onto the scene last year, um, right away from week one against Arizona state. He was, uh, our highest graded freshman receiver this year. And just, he's so explosive with the ball in his hands. You know, he was fourth in the nation in yards after the catch and just one of the best punt returners in the country as well. Um, you know, he's really proven himself as one of the top weapons in the nation. And then uh, RSJ as well, I think is really coming into his own. Uh, I think something we have to remember is he's still essentially learning the position because um, he made that transition coming off high school, moving to wide receiver. And he's shown a lot of improvement, um, took a big step forward last year. You know, one area he struggled with in 2014 was drop passes. And he, he cut that number in half last season. So that was good to see. And then we all know how good of a blocker he is. And that shows in the stats as well. He was PFF's fifth highest graded blocking receiver in the country. And I completely glossed over this at the beginning, but you've been mentioning the PFF rankings. And firstly, I just want to say that you are a great follow on Twitter. Every Aggie out there should should give you a follow. The handles at Vinny, V-I-N-N-I-E underscore Ronca, R-O-N-C-A. Uh, but but often you, you talk about these PFF metrics and all kinds of NFL ratings. So so what is PFF all about? Yeah, no, thanks. Um, so PFF, we are a player evaluation site. And so on top of, you know, collecting just, you know, a ridiculous amount of data points for every player and every game, we grade every player uh, on every play of every game. And so I think what makes us unique, though, is our grades measure how a player performed his job on each play, regardless of the outcome of that play. Okay. So, for example, if a QB throws you know, a perfect pass in between two defenders, hits the receiver in the hands, and the receiver drops it, in a traditional box score, that just goes down as an incompletion. And no one really knows the difference the next day, right? But with our system, uh, the receiver is the one that gets penalized for that play. And the QB actually gets a positive grade for doing his job and making a great throw. So I think it just, it takes traditional stats to a whole new level and helps paint a true picture of how each player performed his role in that play. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool concept. It seems like it would be quite time intensive or maybe labor intensive. Are you responsible for grading the Aggies? Do you have several teams you grade? How does that work? Yeah. So it's, it's definitely labor intensive. Um, on average, it takes anywhere from six to 10 hours to do a game. And uh, I, I primarily did the Aggies last year, as well as a couple other teams, kind of, you know, just whatever is needed as well. But I did do the majority of the Aggie games. And yeah, each game is done twice, actually, um, by PFF analysts. So each game is graded twice and then confirmed a third time by a pro coaches network to, to verify our grades. and help improve our accuracy. So, you know, I was just, I just heard the other day that I think the number of man hours involved to get one game complete and on the site is over 50 hours at this point. So wow. yeah, a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of work goes into each game. So you, do you have a pretty dispersed network of people putting in the work across the country? Yeah. Um, funny part is PFF was actually founded in the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was a group of, uh, NFL fans over in the UK that that had a online community there and, and the founder Neil Hornsby started the company and first hired uh you know his friends th- for, through that group and then it expanded uh to the US and so yeah basically most of our employees work from home and are 
kind of scattered all over the US and all over the UK at this point. All right, that's cool. That's a that's a nice factoid. I did I did not know that PFF originated in the uh, in the UK. That's really cool. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to take a take a left turn and get back to Aggie football here. There's some excitement about Noel Mazzoni coming in as the the new offensive coordinator at Texas A&M. Part of that is is based on his track record. Partly it's due to people being frustrated with Jake Spavadol's play calling last year. Do you have any insight on on what Mazzoni might bring to the Aggies? Are, are we going to use any tight ends this season? <laughs> It's funny. I was looking at um, tight end usage between AM's offense last year and UCLA's, and it was actually very close. I think they're both around 33% of the offensive snaps use the tight end. So I don't think that will be changing much, but I think just the way the tight end is used will definitely be changing. Uh, Mazzoni likes to get them a lot more involved than AM fans will be used to, which I think is going to be a great thing. Uh, it's just a matter of having the players to step up in that position. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see RSJ, uh, Ricky Seals Jones, playing a little bit of like an H-back kind of role at times and working those underneath routes uh, from the slot and maybe out of that tight end position off the line. Um, so I definitely think that's something uh, that will change with the new offense under Mazzoni. And I think there's a reason for excitement with him coming to AM. Uh, we, we saw what he did at UCLA with, with Josh Rosen and the year he had as a freshman. So he has a track record of putting a high performing offenses on the field and, and developing QBs. And that's what A&M needs at this point. All right, cool. Yeah, we're we're starting to slip into that time of year where everyone starts to get a little bit optimistic about Aggie football, where we we kind of switch gears and move from our seven win expectations to nine or 10 win expectations. So we'll, we'll right. see what happens. Do you have a prediction? Are well, since you're a, uh, a nonpartisan evaluator of, of games, maybe, maybe you can't make predictions, but, but what do you think about the just overall outlook for the team? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's tough to tell at this point, just so much unknown on the offensive side, which is unusual for AM. I feel a lot better about the defense going into this year than the offense. That sounds crazy, but yes, it does. Doesn't it? <laughs> but it's true. There's, there's a lot more stability on that side of the ball and, and just uh, a lot less unknown commodities. So right. um, I think the defense is going to step up this year uh, in a big way. And I think if the offense can just, you know, be, be serviceable um, and just have consistency along the line uh, at the quarterback position, I could definitely see us uh, grabbing nine wins this year. Oh, nice. We we do predictions sometimes uh, preseason on Good Bull Hunting, and I'm I always pick the fewest number of wins. So I I hate <laughs> I hate to say I'm always right, but <laughs> yeah. you know, 2012 was uh, was our first year, and I think that was the that was the year I underestimated wins. But but I think most people did. I think you're right. <laughs> so just for the sake of completeness on on covering the offense, what what the, you mentioned the line? I think in terms of talent. There's uh, some skepticism about the line play we might see this year, but folks seem to be pretty excited that Jim Turner is back in College Station. So, so what's your what's your overall take on the offensive line heading into the year? I think the O line is probably the biggest question mark heading into this season for A and M. You know, I put this out on Twitter the other day. A and M had six O linemen play significant snaps last year, and only one of them earned a positive grade for the season. Ouch. Um, 
Yeah. And when you compare that to our 2014 grades, uh, it gets even worse because the entire O-line in 2014 graded positively and it was the strongest unit on the team. Obviously, the one thing that changed, well, not the one thing, but one of the main things that changed from year to year was Dave Christensen coming in as coach. Um, And we saw performance on the O-line just drop off drastically, whether that's scheme or coaching. Uh, I think that was a significant factor. All of the things he was supposed to contribute uh, to the team didn't seem to work out terribly well last year. Right. As we saw with the, <laughs> the one and done. Right. Who who was the positive grade on the line last year? It was uh, Mike Matthews. Oh, okay. He, Interesting. So yeah. I, I would have guessed the Fetty, but. Actually, yeah. A Fetty dropped uh, from a plus 8.2 in 2014 to a negative 3.1 this past season. So he uh, he struggled at times. But so did most of the line. So it's it's going into this year. Obviously, having Jim Turner back is a huge plus. It can only help. It does worry me a little bit that three of our five linemen will be new to the line and new starters. Sure. Um, we only get back Avery Genesee and, and Keaton Sutherland as starters. And, and Genesee struggled at times last year. He gave up 29 total pressures, uh, which is not great. Mm. Um, Sutherland definitely has shown some promise. Uh, he actually made the PFF all freshman team as one of the best freshman guards in the nation. But other than that, you know, we have Eric McCoy, who I think is a redshirt freshman coming in to start at center. And then Coda Martin uh, was on the team last year, but only played 77 snaps. So really hard to get a gauge uh, on how he'll perform as well as a uh, Jermaine Illuminor who only had about 150 snaps last year. So just a lot of unknown. Um, I think there's a lot of talent on the line, but it's just, it might take a few weeks for everyone to gel and things to start running smoothly. Right. We need some, some Jim Turner magic, I think is the, yeah, the theme so, here, yeah. or at least maybe with kind of the quick offense, we can get, get away with, with having a, a little less talent on the line this year. No. And that, that's a good point. Cause um, that would definitely help. And I think that's one of the staples of Mazzoni's offense is, getting the ball out quick and, and looking back at Trevor Knight, actually in 2014, he had one of the quickest uh, average times from snap to pass attempt at 2.45 seconds. So he's capable of getting the ball out quick, which I think will help with the young offensive line. Nice. That's a cool nugget. Good deal. All right. Well, I think that um, as Aggies were usually more passionate about the defense than the offense uh, until 2012, maybe um, this, this right. was the case, right? So they're, since 2012, it's been high octane offense, or at least it's supposed to be. But but now it looks like the tables may be turning a little bit to favor the defense, as you alluded to earlier in the in the interview. Um, so I think everything starts with, I guess, literally and figuratively, with the defensive line. Um, and and A and M is predicted to have one of the the top defensive lines in the the SEC, if not the entire country. So. Uh, we we kind of know about Miles Garrett, right, and uh, Deshaun Hall. But can you tell us uh, what we can expect from this from this line? Is this going to be a special year? I think so. You know, I definitely think A and M has the best duo at defensive end in the nation with Garrett and with Hall. You know, obviously both players outstanding. PFF just named Garrett the nation's best defender heading into 2016. Uh, I think that's well deserved. And what's really encouraging me about Garrett is how much better his run defense has gotten. You know, right. we all know how great he is at rushing the passer, but uh, he really took a huge step forward in run defense this past year. And 
making him more of a complete player. And one nugget uh, on Garrett that I found was, uh, it was actually in the article we had on him on the site was the only defensive end with a higher pass rushing grade than Garrett over the past two years was uh, Joey Bosa. Oh, okay. And wow. We saw him just go number three overall to the Chargers. So uh, he's in good company there. And, and then Hall coming off the other edge, um, you know, just has all the measurables you want to see in a defensive end. And he's flashed the production uh, and bursts, you know, week one last year. Uh, I think he had four, four and a half sacks kind of leveled off throughout the season after that. So I think just consistency is the main thing with Deshaun Hall. But between those two and then uh, Dalen Mack going into his second year uh, and just performing so well in his freshman year and already becoming one of the best run defenders at defensive tackle in the nation. I think they're just there's a lot of obviously a lot of talent and I think a lot of depth at this point on the defensive line, which is something we've been lacking in years before. Right. Kingsley Kiki and Zaykovin Henderson at defensive tackle, both Henderson and Kiki had really solid years last year. And so I think we're set uh, at defensive tackle there. And then with Hardrick Walker as well. And then Jared Johnson and Quaylen Cunningham are both um, solid backups to, to Hall and Garrett. So, you know, I, I real, I feel really confident about our defensive line and, uh, I think it's going to be a force in the SEC this year. All right, nice. Now, now that we're all feeling warm and fuzzy about the defensive line, uh, I think RCBO five asked about this on Twitter, but but it's kind of top of mind for everyone. Are we finally going to see something decent out of linebacker play for the Aggies this year? I really think we are, and you know, I hope that's not overly optimistic. But the the talent is there. It's just a matter of getting everyone on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Otaro Laka got hurt early last year, only played about hundred snaps, but he looked very good in those hundred snaps and he looked really good at run defense, which is what was severely lacking last year in the linebacker core, you know, just to give you uh, some context, uh, our three worst run defenders on defense last year were all linebackers. So that doesn't help. Um, but I think there's definitely hope in getting a Laka back and healthy. I think Claude George did show promise last year. And then I think one of the players that has me most excited this coming season is Richard Moore. Uh, We put him in, you know, late towards uh, the end of last year. And um, he performed very well in that limited action. Uh, He graded positively in in every category um, except for pass coverage last year. But in run defense, he was top 20 in the nation in run defense at his position. And then he had the third best run stop percentage in the nation. Oh, wow. uh, Which is really saying something and just shows that when he's on the field and running situations, he makes a play. And so I guess the big question for him is, can he hold up over, over a season of sec play at his size? Um, Which is a fair question, but given the chance, I think he's going to be a really good dependable player and will definitely help that run defense for us. Okay, cool. Well, I'm feeling a little bit better about it now. So I'll I'll come back. I'll circle back to you if uh, if things fall apart. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) And then finally, uh, on the defensive side, uh, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about the secondary this year. Donovan Wilson, Armani Watts, Justin Evans. Right. We have some some players. Um, What's what's the outlook on the secondary? I think safety will be a strength for A&M this year as well. You know, like you said, Armani Watts, Justin Evans, both of them, I think were top three in the SEC in tackles last year, which honestly, for 
your safeties to be leading the league in tackles isn't always a good thing. <laughs> right. Which ties into your statistic about the linebackers, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A lot of those runners were getting to the second and third level. Uh, and so we had to rely on Watts and Evans to make the tackle. But I think that'll clean up uh, with better linebacker play. And I just really like the style of play of both Evans and Watts. Uh, you know, neither of them is afraid to lay the wood. Yeah, I think we all saw the, the clips going around last week of Justin Evans going up against Derrick Henry, not afraid to get physical at all. And, and then Romani just goes out there and makes plays. You know, the old Miss game where he stripped the ball in that huge moment and just always around the ball. And he he's kind of boomer bust, uh, I do have to say. You know, he'll make some spectacular plays for you, but that aggressiveness will also cause him to be out of position at times. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a trade-off you're comfortable with because the good far outweighs the bad and just a playmaker. Between the the line and the secondary and and maybe an emerging linebacker core, I'm pretty excited to see what this defense puts on the field this year. If Mazzoni comes out with a different look than than Spavadol and can make things click, then who knows? Maybe maybe I'll predict a, a seven win season instead of my <laughs> typical six win prediction. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i think uh you know nine wins would probably be really nice for someone this year uh, i know there's a lot of talk about someone's hot seat i don't know exactly what that looks like i think the six win season or fewer and and things would really start to to crank up a bit so so hopefully we don't have to talk about it too much and and this is the year that a&m starts hot and and stays hot or at least stays on right the oven stays on yeah, lukewarm. Right. <laughs> yeah, start hot and stay lukewarm. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, we have to set the bar, I guess, at a reasonable level. Right. And then what everyone's been waiting for, uh, how are we going to replace? We, so we were pretty strong on special teams, right? And, and it's well known that, that Drew Kayser was a, was a favorite of good bull hunting. And I think Aggie's everywhere. So, so what do we look like on special teams? Does PFF even, even rate special teams? We actually do. Um, I haven't been heavily involved in the special teams, so can't speak to, you know, Braden Mann, the new punter, quite yet. Not a lot of film on hey, him. Don't but count out uh, Shane Tripucka. He's a good Twitter follow. I probably right. said his last name incorrectly, but he is a good follow on Twitter. Yeah, you never know. Shane could take the job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Daniel, how do you say it? La Camera. Do you know how to say it? That sounds good to me. My camera. Yeah, it literally <laughs> means the camera in, in French or Spanish. I like it. And and Connor McQueen is back at holder. Is that? Yeah, he's back. So it should be the the best holder in the SEC. No doubt about it. And will Christian Kirk be returning kicks again or is he too valuable as a wide receiver? I think we'll definitely be putting Kirk back uh, to return punts. You know, He had the best average in the SEC by over three yards. So it's hard to keep him off the field when he's making plays like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a whirlwind tour through the uh, Aggie football team in 2016 and hopefully 2017, right? When we make the playoffs and we, we play those games in January. Um, maybe maybe I'm drinking too much Kool-Aid for that. But um, so so thank you so much, Vinny, for joining us. Um, it's it's well known around these parts that my my Aggie football knowledge is not exactly exhaustive. So it's it's really nice to to speak to experts. Um, and you're you're actually an Aggie class of 2011. Is that am I reading that correctly on your yeah, Twitter profile? Correct. Class of 2011. That would have been awkward if it wasn't correct since I got it right out of your profile. Right. 
<laughs> that would have been more awkward for me. probably. Yeah. <laughs> but cool. So, uh, yeah, I just I think last year was when I noticed that you really emerged on the scene of Aggie Twitter, which can be scary at times. But you're kind of a, a bright light that actually brings us good analysis and um, you're a really solid follow. So so thank you for that. And again, everyone out there, you can follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny underscore Ronka. And it's R-O-N-C-A. So so make sure you do that and check out Pro Football Focus, not to be confused with Pro Football Talk, right? Unrelated entities there? Correct. Very unrelated. Is there a PFF commenter? Not that I know of. <laughs> Probably coming, though. <laughs> yeah. maybe that that will be my next account that i that I start but but thanks so much for joining us and uh and we'll check in with you as the as the season develops and of course we will hold you accountable for um for everything you've said here tonight as as things unfold fair enough no thanks for having me on it's a lot of fun all right thank you